Welcome to Adventuring Dimwits and Hyperactive Dragons, a.k.a. ADHD and D, an experimental and real-play tabletop podcast that uses D&D 5e to tell a story and mess around a bit. We are calling it experimental because we will be using homebrewed subclasses and roles wherever we feel like it, and we'll be trying out different stuff as we see fit. We will decide whether or not it's useful, works, or maybe it just is crap and we'll have to scrap the entire idea. My name's Orion, I am the DM. I'm going to introduce you to my players now. First off is Brett. He plays Theron, a elven rogue. Rude. Okay, Gideon's drink isn't on me anymore. Next up, we have Jackie. They play Haskell, a tiefling rogue. Not as aggressive. Next up, we have Carson, who plays a paladin named Gideon. No, Gideon has nothing in this Next up, we have Blake, who plays a Warlock Hexblade. I guess, well, I'll just be passive-aggressive, too. Now that you've met all of my players, we can get on to the podcast. No background noise. I'm not hearing anything at all. I can't even hear you guys talking right now, which is as it should be. Um, <laughs> a few things real quick. Let's try not to talk over each other as much as we can. So talk over everyone. So we can do it a lot, just not as much as like we right can. Like right now? Yeah. I hate everybody. Hey, what, um, hey, what was that last rule? <laughs> you cut out for me. So, just to cover a few things. Uh, so if you're going to cough while someone else is talking, mute your mic so you don't <laughs> so I don't fucking have to hear it. What about if I'm going to cough while I'm talking? Uh... Please, if you fuck some, uh, up something you're saying, and you cough during it, or if you just stutter too much and you want to re-go, I'm perfectly fine with you stopping saying, okay, I'm going to restart this, and then you can go again. Rather than, like, just going, I, I don't you. know, keep in continuing the conversation, even though you, you fucked up real badly like Brett likes to do. Sorry, Brett, I'm just going to pick on you it's today. It's fair, I deserve um, it. Alright, so let's actually... Oh, we're... We're, I think we're good to go. Um, I'm eight minutes ahead of schedule. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's kick this off like I've already said three times. Quick question. Pickle? Get human? Question mark? Gideon is human, yes. Okay. Just making sure. I, I have everyone else written down, but I didn't have Gideon written down. Hold on. <laughs> are you human human or are you still going with that you're partial? You're human, but with a little yeah, bit of I dwarvish... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm at least four generations removed from from that. It was only okay. you know a, you know a quarter of his even parentage you know was dwarven like three generations ago. So yeah, he's a little bit on the shorter side, maybe more prone to growing some hair and likes tinkering. But also, when oh we my. start, are we gonna I, like? I assumed we would give um, like a description of our character, so that stuff would be covered. Well, let me I'm get us started, on. and you'll see how I'm going to do it. Rules, rules, rules. <laughs> and spell check. All right. Which I fixed, by the way. I'm going <laughs> to mute Brett. <laughs> <That was> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, the four of you. You all met up in Kellerman's Keep, which is one of the five large cities of the Commonwealth. It's on the western side of the continent. It's one of the main naval bases of the Commonwealth. Here you met up with Brax, the lizard folk blood hunter who is in charge 
of you four for this mission. He led you to the shipyards and you set sail on a boat. Two months later, you find yourselves on this ship waiting because the captain has told you that today is the day you should be reaching the shoreline. The blessed we're gonna, day. The blessed day. We're going to start with we're going to start with Blake because he's at the top of this list on the chat. First off, all four of you make constitution saving throws for me. I, I rolled a 12. Throw a 20. That's <laughs> a 10. So. All right, this is going to be fun then. Um Did mine show up around? Yeah, yours showed up. Okay. So, Dwight, you've been on this ship for two months, how have you been spending your time? Just piddling about, doing whatever he can to amuse himself. I mean, whether it be just sitting meticulously alone, you know, or going around playing poker. <clears throat> a lot of gambling. He's gambling a lot with everybody on the cruise ship, or whatever deck hands are willing to gamble. Ooh. That's, if, that, if he has downtime, he's gambling. Um, Gideon, what have you been doing on the boat? You suffered a little bit of sickness at the beginning of the trip, probably because you're used to being in the mountains where there is no sea. But otherwise, after probably the first week, you you felt all right. You felt fine. The way I see it, Gideon probably rode on some on some ships, you know, skirting around the, the continent to get to various locations and maybe his early service before he moved up the ranks in the military. So he's probably spent a fair amount of time on ships. It's just been a while. Um <laughs> But uh, Gideon has been talking with the captain, always checks in with him every day, goes around to the crew, talks to him, uh, isn't afraid to tell them, you know, if something can be done a little bit better, is familiar with the tasks on the uh, the ship. And so he's going around talking to everybody and, and making sure everything is getting done, but also trying to strike up some kind of demeanor. Uh, he, he's definitely gone to every member of the, uh, the party at some point in time and tried to talk them into a, a, a game of dragon chess. Um, okay. It's both a way to pass time and also a, a means of gauging uh, the companions that he is setting out with. Um, so, who all would have taken him up on dragon chess? Darren would have played. Wanted, <clears throat> would have played. And wanted to put money on it. Pascal, I didn't hear you. Yeah. Yeah, you would have taken him. Okay. Yeah. So, Gideon, you would have played with all three of these people. That will be a fun little uh, backstory type thing at some point. Um, Haskell. You you played with Theron if you're willing to put 20 gold pieces on the match. Same with Dwight. Would Gideon have put money on it? Yeah, I would have put it on it. Okay. We'll decide uh, how those games turned out at a later point, I think. Um, Haskell, what have you been doing on the ship for two months? Uh, does my constitution save say that I have not been... You rolled a 17, which is definitely enough to save. All right, cool. All right, so I feel like Haskell's definitely been just kind of honing their um, knife-throwing skills. I feel like that they would have tried to become good friends with Dwight during this time, because the only other tiefling, and Haskell hasn't really seen tiefling since coming to this world so um Pascal visibly a tiefling yes is Dwight because Dwight <clears throat> is Dwight, Dwight visibly 
I have mask self, and I can uh, mask of disguise, which is part of my elder invocations. I can disguise self at will, and I do that, and I do that to, to in order to not like face termination. Would Dwight have seen Haskell as a tiefling and maybe gone up to her at some point and revealed that he was a tiefling? No, not revealed. No. Okay. Definitely would have like probably picked her. You know, was you know just probably someone he like hung about. Okay. All right. Well, basically, Haskell would just try to keep the Peters because I feel like the what was it that um that first meetup didn't go so great. I feel like uh there wasn't there wasn't very um I don't know who was it that's it was it Theron that was like oh you who met- the hell is this why are they here Yes that yeah. was Theron <laughs> Yeah Theron does not take to new people very quickly it seems like So yeah maybe Pascal would have tried to um prove that they are a valuable asset to whatever this team is. Would they have tried to prove that to Theron? <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. In what way? <laughs> oh, God. Um, is this like, part of the charade of... Well, not charade, but is this <clears throat> tied up in do it, practicing your knife throwing is also a means of displaying your skill? Perhaps? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good. G- Gideon has, has watched you... Uh, has watched you... Uh, I, I, and... I mean, I guess we're, are we assuming things went pretty well with, with these actions? I mean, I know we're not really rolling at the moment, but he would have. Well, well, I was going to, I, I was going to actually make Haskell. I'm just going to refer to you guys as your characters all the time. Right. During yeah, this, do just it. So, you know, um, Haskell, make a shut up, Brett. Haskell, <laughs> make a, <laughs> um, why don't you just make a dexterity check to see how well you did throwing knives during this this trip? Okay. Oh God. <laughs> so you rolled a ten. Yay! Um, <laughs> you did fine. It wasn't anything amazing. You you probably made your target fifty percent of the time, so it wasn't horrible. You did all right, but. You definitely didn't like impress anybody with your knife throwing. Yeah. Um. Can Can I roll insight to see if I knew that they were trying to impress me? Yes. They're, they're not only. Uh, I, I think the way Jackie put this is that they're they're not only trying to impress you, but they're also trying to impress everybody in the party that they are valuable. So it's not just a Theron thing for the most part. Is that right, Jackie? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, well, with okay. my plus five, I get a seven. So, an obvious outsider. So okay. they want to assure everyone that they're, like I said, going to be a valuable asset. Sorry. Okay, you're fine. Theron doesn't think that they are trying to impress him. Theron thinks they're flirting with him probably more than anything else. Actually. Okay. Then, um, oh then I'm definitely, definitely avoiding them the entire, the entire uh, trip. Then. If I think they're flirting with me. So Theron, what have you been doing for the two months? I think the first like week he was well, assuming the crew don't have like a stick up their ass. Um, he was gambling and drinking with them and then got bored of that really quick and was probably just roaming around the ship bored most of the time complaining. Uh, 
would constantly go to Brax and complain to him. It would have like climbed up in the crow's nest if they let him do that. Just stayed drunk a lot and bored. So you guys, I want you to describe where you would be as land. You, you hear the call for land ho. You, you know that there is, you finally reached the shores of Vindowin. Where would your characters be and describe them in this part? So, Blake, where would your character be and please describe them for the party? I feel like I'd I'd pick up that and say they're about to pick up on land. So he'd just kind of be sitting on the side of the deck, just back against the deck, just sitting there waiting. Okay. Uh, What does Gideon look like when he's using his disguise self spell? He means to what? What did I say? Gideon, sorry. Dwight, what would what do you look like when you're using your disguise self? What I like on using disguise self, uh, just your average everyday normal, you know, just human, <laughs> a little scraggly, little, you know, look. You a blonde brunette? How tall are you? It's probably like five eleven, whatever the predominant race is in the world, and whatever brunette probably. Very plain, very average. Trying not to draw attention to himself. Exactly. Brunette human, because you're in the Commonwealth, so that's the most prominent race here. Okay. Yep. Yep. Just to blend in. It'll be fun when, if you ever reveal yourself from the spell, you have to describe yourself to everybody again, then as a ha- tiefling. Gideon, what do you look like? And where would you spend your time on the ship? At least, where would you be at this time, I should say? So, Gideon is. Uh, 48 years old. He is six foot tall. He is almost always, except in the very early morning and while he's resting in his burnished armor from his time in the uh, military, he is graying at the temples, has shoulder length black hair, uh, and his skin is, you know, weathered from time spent in the sun, scars, pockmarks uh, from serving in the military. Uh, he's, he's stout, very powerful upper body, and, um, always has a warhammer and a great sword on his back. So as Land is called out, I think he goes and finds the captain and stands with him, arms crossed, um, as we're disembarking after making sure not to get in the way of the sailors. Uh, he is the first man down the, uh, the gangplank onto Land. Okay. Uh, Haskell. Okay. Um, Haskell is 29, 5'8". Under they have short black hair with bangs, usually kind of like messy and oily. Uh, there are two rows of small horns that are rust colored, starting from the highest arch of their brow. Um, they have an ankle length tail with a pointed stinger, um, hollow, solid white eyes, Roman nose, split tongue, gray skin, um, and they're fashion sense is usually dystopian it's very like draped around their body blacks grays nothing bright in color and they uh always have a knife strapped to them (laughs) they would definitely see the land on the horizon and just be like anticipating getting back on the land because they do not like being on the boat theron okay um Theron is, he's tall for an elf. He's 5'8". Um, green eyes, copper skin, blonde hair. Like I said, he's tall for an elf. He's lean with long arms, legs, fingers, and toes. He has sharp features. Um, and he'd be described 
uh, more is beautiful than handsome. He has glowing green eyes and shining shoulder-length blonde hair that he keeps swept back out of his face and down his neck. Uh, he normally has a braid that starts at his forehead and holds tight to his scalp going down to the end of his hair, I guess kind of like a French braid just on the top of his head. Kind of like when it hits the crown of his okay. head, it falls loose again. And he normally almost always has like one to four other braids that are just like randomly put somewhere in his hair, uh, hanging down. Uh, and he usually wears a bright green cloak. Uh, and the intention of this is obviously to draw more attention to his eyes. And <laughs> he would be wherever they're going to put the gangplank down to get off the ship. Um, like Ian said, he's the first one off the ship. But I mean, he's going to be racing there and then because Theron is standing there bouncing up and down ready to go. Oh, he also has a rapier. On his left hip, um, and a short sword sticking out from behind him at his right hip, and a dagger hidden somewhere on his person. Two daggers, actually. But uh, he has to have one more than Haskell. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, like, you, you beat the sailors. They're going to drop gang a gangplank down. I am rushing down it instantly. Yeah. Theron is ready to get off That's this so ship. <laughs> so, the four of you hear the call for land you all are watching it as it comes closer and closer it is a very straight beach going off to the north and off to and down to the south the ship docks quickly and efficiently and you guys are able to depart what time of day is it I'm, i apologize if you said that already no it's fine i for, i forget to describe times of day and t- seasons and what the general things look like so it's good to remind me time of day is probably early afternoon somewhere around one or two the sun is high it's not extremely hot today it's springtime hey speaking speaking of the time of day you, and that uh, the day looks like yes, oh, you want me to talk about the, the color like. so the sky is a dark blue and as the sun is up above you it is a bright blue sun I mean, that doesn't phase me at all. It's the same sun I've always lived yeah. under. I don't know what you expected. Wait, has this, this, has so this always though. been... <laughs> this, okay, for, this is the fun thing for Haskell. Haskell is not from this planet originally. They are from the Hells. They never saw this sky, and then they were transported to Loophole, where the sky is almost always overcast due to the massive dwarven forges that go 24-7 in that city. You know, for the Cosmere reading people, think Luthadel. Think the first Mistborn book. The sky is always overcast. So Haskell has not seen the blue sun until probably a few weeks into her travel to Kellerman's Keep. You've had two months at least to realize that the sun is blue here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So this would not be a surprise to Haskell. Did Gideon learn about Haskell's adventures in loot pool here's my thing haskell how open have you been about your where you're from with this party well that's going to depend on how how haskell would also recognize gideon's name just throwing that out there yes that is true haskell would recognize gideon's name as the grand general of loot pool would that affect whether or not you play dragon chess with me (laughs) so worried about dragon chess um no, I th- I think they would still play with you. 
but I feel like maybe maybe they wouldn't be as as open for fear of well. I mean, I guess I get to decide my character's reputation. He's very much a man who appreciates people for their merits, not you know any external features or yeah background or anything like that. Everybody has a chance to prove to Gideon who they are. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to say originally no, but um, Temper trusted to send them this way. So I feel like, yeah, Haskell would be pretty open about their past. Well, to be fair, Temper trusted to send Haskell to Brax. The rest of the group, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you dock and Theron races down the gangplank almost before it's even settled. You can definitely see Gideon shaking his head as Aaron Theron can't. sprints down the gangplank. I ain't looking back. Theron's <laughs> too busy looking around. So the town you're entering is a shanty town. It's it's built mostly of shacks. There's a few larger uh, stone buildings that are built along the shore that you can see the docks coming from. But once you get past the initial docking the the four of you find yourselves in just a kind of a rickety, quickly set up town that looks like it's just here for people to get off boats and then travel their way to the city. The city from where you are right now is a few miles to the west. It won't take too long to traverse. And you can actually see the sun glinting off of the walls there a little bit from where you are now. I am going to share... A picture. I apologize if you've already said this. Where are we now? Because we left Kellerman's Keep, right? You left Kellerman's Keep, which is on the western side of Kelstar. You are landing yes. at Yarroway, which is on the eastern side of Vindowin. Okay, sorry. You're fine. So I'm uploading an image. It'll be there in a second into the, the chat in the, the main campaign. So Brax ends up hiring a wagon for your group. He goes off and talks to a few people real quick, and they set up a wagon, and he gestures you onto this wagon, and it starts driving west toward the mountain. Or, toward the mountain. Yes, toward the mountain. Um, It starts driving west toward the city. Is there anything any of you want to do while on this ride? No, not really. Uh, Theron would just complain that it's more transportation. Gideon is stoic, but observing his surroundings. That's about the same as Gideon. Does that mean no one's talking on the on this ride? It seems to be that well, way. It's it's very quiet. Brax sits in the front of the wagon with the the person driving it. He glances back at you, Theron, and kind of smiles a little bit, and then faces forward. I give him the spike when he turns around. Can you explain the spike to the it's, people who have not? This is obviously no. It's it, yes. It it Similar. is. It's it's to that effect. It's a thing. Um, it's mainly an elven gesture, like flipping the bird, but you take your thumb and stick it between your uh, pointer finger and middle finger and raise it up like you're flipping someone the bird. So when Brax turns around, I, I give him the spike. But if no one is really talking on the ride, Theron would feel the need to fill the silence and is just basically talking the whole time about nothing pretty much, that kind of constantly circles back to how bad the boat ride sucked, and now we're having to ride in a bumpy carriage, and that sucks too. 
I didn't even cover the fact that you you rolled a 10 on your constitution check on the boat, which means you were sick. No, it's cool. I thought we were just pushing through it. Yeah, well, you were sick more often than not in that, really. But um... Dwight would call him a princess <laughs> at some point for complaining so much. He'd call him a princess. Aaron the spewer. Aaron the spewer. That's uh, a good one. That is a good one. Uh, he would Writing chuckle when you called him a princess and say thank you. Gideon stares at you of every time you complain, but he never says a word to you. Dwight would even curse and say, of course you're great. So, just for... Because I haven't actually desi- described Brax for you guys. He is a lizard folk. He's got a short snout. His skin is green with mottled red throughout it, so he's kind of a little bit uh, splotchy. I assumed he was scaly because he's a lizard person. Right? Yes. Yes, it scales, but uh, it's more of like a an alligator skin for him. Alligator skin's perfect. It's exactly how I picture. Yeah, so he, he's short snout, alligator skin, green with red patches here and there, kind of mottled. Um, he has a long scar that goes down the left side of his, from his left ear hole. I don't think he has technical ears. From his left ear hole down to his, from what you can see, down to his collarbone or possibly lower. Uh, he wears black leather armor and has a great sword strapped to his back at all times as well. But that is Brax. He talks and hisses, and for the first bit of any introduction to him, you are left wondering if his name is Brass, because that is what he calls himself, is Brass. Is he a friendly sort? Is he business? He is bis- He's a douchebag. He is business. It feels like Theron talking. Theron is definitely talking. Sorry, I should have said that in character. <laughs> business casual. Understood. He, he um, is business casual. He is. He's a little bit weird. I, I would say for any of you because you have not dealt with a lizard person, a lizard folk. Lizard person. Lizard person. He does not react in the way that you might expect him to to certain situations. Imagine he's pretty cold-blooded. Uh... Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I just got it. So were you able to place groups of houses for this map, or did you have to put every single one of these in here individually? Don't ask this maniac how he makes his maps, okay? He's a maniac. That's all you need to know. The random areas where everything is just placed completely chaotically is just, I can do groups and just send them through the area. The more specific, like... Yeah, no, I, I get it. I got you. Yeah. Where, it looks like, where it looks like you just sprayed it out, you basically did, and where it's organized, it's organized. I got you. Yes. Um, here's a, a thing for all of you with my city maps. Don't think of them as, this is exactly how the city looks. I am trying to do in my city maps to give you a general look and feel of the city but where things are and how things go are kind of up in the air so you could but say it's still i want to useful go... to yes. say southwest northeast things of that nature yeah i try to keep like you can kind of tell the more organized or nicer looking areas are going to be nicer areas but what they have might not be specifically to what you see there so don't look at a map and go oh that's a really cool looking building and think that that is actually there because it might not be, or I might have put it there on purpose. Or you could pull a Haskell and I have to create a dungeon out of nowhere. It's going to happen more often than not. You should know that. Oh, I'm 100% for it. Um, well, go on with it then, Orion. 
So as you, I, I let me gather my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you're you're on this cart traveling toward the city. Uh, to your right and to your left, south and north, there are fields and small houses, and you see patches of just different plants. It's not these aren't massive fields of one one uh, plant that they're growing. One agricultural. Uh, what am I trying to think? Plot of land for... It's not going to be all straw, or... Fuck. It's not going to be all corn. It's not going to be all beans. It's mix-matched. And there's houses scattered throughout these farms. Like, they have a, a farmer's house here, and then only about 50 feet away, they have a second farmer's house. And they all have their own little plots that they're doing. Um, from this, you can tell that they are... They're kind of like all subplotted. They're all each farmer has a little bit of land they take care of, and that's their little area. So you're not going to have massive farms. As you approach the city, you see towering walls of gray stone reaching up about 50 to 60 feet tall. They are solid, and you don't see there's no, no, uh, arrow slots, there's no windows, there's nothing. It is just straight stone. And you get closer and closer, and you see a massive metal gate that is probably... It is around 25 feet. And it is open right now as people come in and out of this city. As you enter the city... Dwight would go around and see if he could pickpocket any of them. Right now, you're on a cart kind of getting a ride in. So, Not railroading, but you're on a cart. Uh, Unless you mean us, in which case, that's some fun interaction. If you guys want to start pickpocketing each other. Um, but I mean, I, might, I don't know, maybe. Maybe later at a different time. So as you enter the city, the streets that you enter by are straight rows of pretty nice-looking houses. It seems almost overly organized, like the creator of the city didn't want to have any sort of uniqueness or any sort of diversity on this side. A road with straight houses, and a road with straight houses, and you go through this area. What a stiff. Yeah. Right? You finally enter an open area, and the cart pulls to a stop, and Brax jumps down and signals for the four of you to follow him. I jump out immediately. I want to get out of this cart. Theron's obviously going to be first in impulse. Uh, Gideon is otherwise the head of the, the, the party moving forward. I mean, <clears throat> assuming nobody else wants to be as impulsive as Theron. Gideon is very much about business. He's also very impressed by the meticulous structure of the city. Uh, also, as soon as my feet hit the cobblestones, um, Theron like instinctively flips his hood up to conceal his ears. Okay. Huskel, do you cover your your face or do you stay mm-hmm. with your hood down? Haskell's head has been up this entire time. Okay. Dwight's just letting it all hang out because he has. He has disguised self on himself. Yeah, he has disguised self. Letting it all hang out. At least he feels like he's letting it all hang out. He feels like he's, hey, this is me, baby. So Brax looks at the four of you and goes, We need to meet with our, our contact, Julio. But I have a different endeavor I am looking at. So the four of you will go meet Julio, and I will meet up with you after. And he, he glances at Theron, 
then turns to Gideon. I'm sure you're up to the task. Theron rolls his eyes and says, Oh, yes, Brass. There's always something else with you, isn't there? Dwight has his hand raised. He uh, <laughs> Brax hands a a parchment to Gideon that is sealed, and then looks at Dwight and goes, "What is Julio down by the schoolyard?" Gideon takes the parchment. Brax shakes his head and turns and walks away. I guess not. Um. Okay. So, so did he tell I want to walk over to Gideon. Stop meeting him. He did not. Classic he kind of just man. gestured in a, yeah, he gestured in a in a He's direction. A he really just said, "Have at it." <laughs> oh, the dynamics of the group are already getting to me because Gideon was prepared to ask him a few questions, and then Dwight just interrupted his train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brax, Brax is walking off. He disappears into the crowd, and the four of you are left standing here to try to find this individual, Julio. It is Julio. Okay. Hey, Gideon. Um, what's that? I want to point at the uh, the thing he gave you. Uh, I mean, he didn't tell me to keep it sealed, so Gideon is actually going to bust it open. So you're going to read it then? Yes. Hey, uh. Hey, uh. Yes, Bre- Brett. Hey, uh. Um, I was just going to say, Theron says something out loud in Elvish right now. Does anyone speak Elvish? Mm. Oh, no, I haven't told you. No. Well, that's why I do you understand what I say out loud then. Nope. <laughs> I think you should say it. <laughs> well, if it's in Elvish and no one understands it. Gideon does not speak Elvish, no. Does Dwight speak Elvish? Nope. So you're the only one who speaks Dwight, Elvish. Yeah, he looks at him and just says, just say it. Uh, well, then Theron rolls his eyes and said, oh, no, sadly, that's all I needed to say. All right. So I, I say something in Dwarvish. Do you understand that? Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I could no. say something in Infernal. You should totally say something. <laughs> you, you should you should. There you I go. Would understand it. I will. I so we I feel like... understand each other? I, no, I, I no, I, I get it. I get it. We're all bilingual. You, my point is completely missed. <laughs> Just speak. So we're all doing. So we're we'll all just speak, and I fix you with a stare. Yes, no, no, no. We'll just all speak fucking common like a barbarian. I guess we'll all just be passive aggressive too. <laughs> Works for me. Uh, Dwight, I feel like your infernal would be like a slightly different dialect than Haskell's. Like when you learn Spanish in a school and you speak formal. Yeah. No that, English. That's so good. So because he's been like your tiefling. Pretty broad. Your tieflings, Dwight, have been on this planet for 600 years without contact to the hells, basically. So the dialect might be a little bit different. True. Absolutely. <laughs> but you would understand each other, but it would almost... Yeah, it'd be it'd be like Jackie and I having to listen to you guys' southern accents. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, we still get it. Exactly, well, it's fine. It. <laughs> I try to mostly eliminate it, but I'm sure it comes through. You you eliminate it pretty well. It's Mine's pretty good. The worst. Um. Yeah. All right, so Gideon, you open this parchment and you see that it is just a note stating why you guys are here. It states that your party has the authority of the commonwealth to hunt down 
the target. It literally just says the target. It doesn't say a name. It doesn't say anything like that. It just gives you the authority to do this. And then at the bottom, it has a few sigils that you don't recognize. And that is that is it. Um, Theron is reading it over Gideon's shoulder also, if he's not stopping me. I'm, I'm not stopping you. You're a man. You're in charge of your own actions. Okay, that was aggressive. Two months is all it took for me to get a little short fuse with you, I suppose. <laughs> I've been taking notes on everybody's characters and Gideon's thoughts on yours are certainly the least favorable. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. When when are we supposed to deal with this target? I think that's going to be explained when we meet our contact. If there's somewhere around around us right now that, you know, an inn or, for lack of a better fantasy term, a, a visitor center or something along <laughs> those lines. Uh, speaking of, what's so, the population well, look like around here? Is it 90% human? It is 90% human, 10% tabaxi. No, not really. It's, it's, it's about 90% human, and then there's a good, there's still a little mixture of other races. Ugh. Gideon, since you haven't said that you've read this out to anybody else, why don't you do a perception check for me to see what you see in this area? It is a seven. Noise. Oh. The area you're in seems to be mostly shops. Um, a few stalls set up here and there with people selling items of some sort or another. Hey, I'm sorry, what time of day did you say it That's was? what I'm giving you. It is about one or two in the afternoon. Why are we standing around? Let's, uh, don't you think we should go find a room or something? Brax will show up with his half-baked plan whenever he's ready. He thinks it makes him edgy to just show up and be like, oh, time to go do this. So, uh, Maybe we should find a place to settle down and, by the gods, I guess, wait on him. Uh, why don't we just ask some shopkeepers around us where we might find an inn, and then we can inquire about this Julio. Why would we ask? Let's just go. It's not hard. It's a city. Come on. Follow me. I can take you to an inn. It's easy. He's being a leader. Um, I'm oh. walking away from the group expecting them to follow me. Dwight's going around at shops looking at all kinds of little knickknacks. I'm sticking with Gideon. So we have, Theron starts to walk away. Dwight has wandered off to look at a few of the kiosks in the area. And Haskell is standing beside Gideon, watching him to see what he does. Haskell, if I was to read your expression, what would, what would you look like? Sounds like in an this inside role to me. Um, <laughs> what I'm, happy to, I'm happy to do. Kind of confused as to why Theron is... Um is trying to take the lead because from Haskell's point of view, Gideon is the leader here. <laughs> I think I'm going to give you an amused glance uh, and follow Theron. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were about to three-way split the party instantly. I thought that would have been hilarious. Uh, Dwight, do you follow the rest of the party as they start to walk off? I'll probably look around for about... I'll see what, which pay attention to which way they're going. And probably fuck about for about five, ten minutes. Like, ah, there's nothing here. And I'll go off in that way. <laughs> Theron, what are you looking for as you lead this party? How not completely oh, what voluntarily? They're not exactly following you voluntarily. Uh, it sounds they like are. they are one hundred percent following me voluntarily, by the way. Um, but okay. Um <laughs> I didn't force them to follow me. I'm looking for the end that looks like the most fun. Clearly. Okay, why don't you roll a... We'll do perception. 
This is a big trust building moment for you and Dwight right here. So don't fuck do it. it. Well, it depends <laughs> on my perception. Yeah, that's a twenty. If you find that for awesome play, a twenty. All right. So I'm looking for an in where All people right. are getting hammered and throwing money down on dice games and card games and whatnot. So fifteen plus five. Okay, which is twenty. Yes. Could have said that. Yeah, it was weird that he said fifteen first. Right? You're like trying to belittle him. Right. Like my modifier doesn't uh, matter. You see off to the side. <laughs> you you walk for a few minutes and then you see off to the side a a large inn. It is probably about four or five stories high. There are two saloon style doors at the front of it. There, there, I should say a saloon style door. There's not two doors. It's just one door, but there's saloon style. How tall is this door? This door is comes up to about five five. Is that the highest it goes? I was hoping it was going to be all four floors. <laughs> you had to push open floor. these giant saloon style <laughs> doors. This giant um, tree, I have to push open to enter. the The sign says the four sailors. So you you want to enter this place, Theron? Oh look, I'm walking to this end like I've been to this city before. Walking straight to it. And throwing the saloon doors open and walking up to the bar. He's seen this place before, just in general. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I've, kind of oh, yeah, I've been All here. Right. I grew up here. Walking up to the barkeeper. Gideon, do you follow him into this inn? Yes. Okay. So, Theron, you walk right up to the bar and kind of just glance at the bartender. Behind you, Gideon and Haskell kind of come in a little bit slower. Not as aggressive. Not as aggressive. Not as straightforward. Is the barkeeper coming straight to me when I walk up to the bar? Or do they look busy? They are polishing a glass off to the side. And they kind of glance at you casually and go, can I help you? Um, yes. I would like um, some rooms for the night. I'm not sure uh, how these stiffs with me want to want to split that up or sleep. But um, also drinks. Um, I need a, um, I assume that you obviously have some sort of menu or something for your wine selection. Gideon, Pascal, what are we drinking? First round's on me. I'm not even sure we're staying here tonight, Elf. Rude. Okay, Gideon's drink isn't on me anymore. Um, hey, but (laughs) hey, that wine menu, come on now. I'm going to approach the bar at this point. Gideon is going to approach the bar at this point. I'll try to stay in third person when I'm speaking about my character's actions. Does Theron have a wine menu yet? The bartender <laughs> looks at you and points to behind the... He points to the blackboard behind him that has a list of different drinks. Ales and wines and beers. What are the wines? You see... <laughs> what knowledge do you have of wine? No, yeah, tell me the names you of see the you see a white wine listed as the cloudy tea. Underneath it, it describes it as a tea-infused wine. Yeah. And then there's a brilliant, the brilliant slapper, which is a dark Classic. red wine. Red, that's better. And it's then dry the, wine. The great blitz is a like a light red, more of a not quite a white, but getting there. He has a a current based wine known as the Whipped Storm, and that is it. What is what is the Whipped Storm? Sounds what color is that? Amazing. 
Red, probably, right? It's like, yeah, it's a red because it's a current. Do you know what a current is? <laughs> Obviously. Um, <laughs> take a glass of the whip storm and, um, Pascal, what would you like? I'll have what he's having. Oh, I'll like to it be known that Dwight is just now coming at the tail end of this, and he's heard that Theron is buying, and he brings in his drink order. Make that two well. whip storms. Okay. So, Dwight, you've made it. My friend, what would you like to drink? I'm beer. Great place. Beer? Uh, Boring choice. Honestly. I'll have what they're having. Ah, my man. Make that three. Three you know what, Theron, storms. Theron, I didn't think much of you at first, but... uh. You got pretty good taste so far. So I'll have what he's had. Also rude. Lots of that going around in this group, apparently. The bartender takes down your drinks, and then he looks over at Gideon and goes, what for you, sir? Information, if you have it. Probably a tall glass of water. He nods, and... When it was Theron says that, Gideon nods. By the gods. Vasha, what have I got myself into? He... Pulls out a wine. He goes and gets a wine bottle first, and then opens it and pours the three of you your 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 wine glasses. And then he steps over to Gideon and kind of amusedly glances at the other three and goes, "What are you doing with the three of them? Pretending to be our father, <laughs> if I must." <laughs> hey, what's my wine taste like? It's got a little bit of a sour taste to it, but it is pretty good. It's it's not too bad. Baron has probably tasted better at some point, but at least he would say he's tasted yeah. oh, better yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point. You, you described it as good, and my first thought was Theron takes a sip and looks at the other two that, that are drinking and go, oh, humans make such boring wine, don't they? Dwight's <clears throat> just sitting there. Yeah, you're right. Scale's just quietly sipping. I'm picturing Pascal kind of like just sitting and just like watching over her wine glass as everybody does whatever they're doing. And exactly. thinking, what is going on? <laughs> what have I got myself so Gideon, into? Where the, am I? <laughs> Gideon, the bartender is in front of you and he's kind of looking at you. Do, do I get my, my water? Yeah, he reaches over to the tap and pours water out of it and hands it directly to you. It's lukewarm. Uh, I'm going to slide a, a piece of gold across the counter. <clears throat> he he pockets it quickly. That's that's to cover all of us, by the way, Barkeep. I, he, the Barkeep looks at, at you and goes, blinks. I heard you were paying. Well, someone's whipping out gold pieces, yes? This is for his water. Easily for a glass of water, he's paying gold pieces. What I'm paying for is the information I see. Oh, very well. I throw three gold pieces down on the counter. Showboat goes on the list. He looks at the bartender and says, well, you know, someone's paying good money for it. You might as well give them what they want. What kind of knowledge are you looking for? We're looking for a man named Julio. Jones? Julio. Last I heard, he was in the... He was at Atlanta. No, last I heard, he was hanging out with the Titans. He... Glances at you and goes, Is that all the information you have? This is a pretty large city. There could be a lot of people named Julio. Could be, but are there? Are there Julios just hanging about in these kinds of corners? He shrugs. Don't try to feed us some rat. This man just paid you gold. Sarah, I don't 
I don't believe this is where we're going to want to stay after all. Gideon, yeah, I think you should get your money back. He has the money mm. that he has. Whether or not he has more before we're done in this city is up Just to him. Just a gold piece. Yeah. He glances at the four of you and kind of gets a glint in his eye and he goes, Polio is a scribe. He runs a messenger business on the far side of the marketplace. Ah. Uh, will the four of you need separate rooms or just one room together? And he raises an eyebrow at you. I want to flip a, I want to flip a gold coin his Gideon wants to flip a gold coin his direction. Okay. But he wants to snatch it out of the air before he can get it. We'll do dex check. Dex oh, man, I was really hoping for athleticism, but okay. I don't think this is going to be athletics, just tossing a coin in the air and catching. I guess athletics as it pertains to D&D is more like being able to run strength-based things. Yeah, it's sleight of hand would make sense. Yeah, I, I mean, if you have sleight of hand as a proficiency, I've allowed no, you to do that. No, Gideon has nothing in dexterity. I, I figured as much. It is still a nineteen. Hell yeah! Hey, that's nice. a natural twenty, though. Yeah, he rolled. It's a yeah, natural boy. twenty. Yeah, it's a natural twenty because of the minus one. <laughs> oh, natural twenty with a minus one. Wow! Boy, party. He goes to catch the coin, and you like a snake snap your hand out and catch it before it can even make it to him. And his mouth kind of drops open a little bit and he looks like he's a little bit gold hungry and and surprised and stares at you. I fix him with a steely gaze of my gray eyes and say whether or not we return depends on how good your information is. And I turn around to leave. Gideon goes, oh! The other three follow no. Yes, Haskell mean, puts down the glass. You mean Theron? I mean Theron. You mean I Theron, myself Brett. Gideon? Okay. You I mean Theron. Gideon. Theron, Theron doesn't leave. I keep drinking. Jackie, what do you do? Uh, put the glass down and follow Gideon. Okay. Dwight, what did you say? Dwight just kind of chuckles. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty nice. And he just kind of sits there with Theron and kind of watches them. As they walk, where are they walking off to? They're walking out of the out of the inn, out of the bar. He watches them for a second, finishes drink, and then that was good. Out. No, Dwight, he reminds me of someone I know. Theron still doesn't leave though. I'm gonna sit there drinking my wine. Dwight feels torn because it's like to stay on task or stick with this good time, and he's very torn about this. Well, he's looking back and forth. And Theron like, is not. He's like, like a dog. Not Theron is not torn between those two ever. Dwight turns around and stays with Theron. Gideon is also not torn by those two ever, <laughs> but in the inverse. All Dwight's right, so... always torn by those two. So we're splitting the party. All right, we're going to... They know where to find Theron and Theron and Dwight drink at the bar while Gideon and Haskell travel across the marketplace. And you come across a sign that literally just says Julio's. And then underneath, oh, wow. on the window of the places, messengers, scribes, and any notary work needed. So you're talking about this is a sign that broadcasts this guy Julio has a business and information, right? And the, the barkeep, the barkeep didn't try to stop them or anything. He acted right? like it was a big secret. He just yeah, the barkeep acted like he was trying to get more gold. Please, he's already made five gold yeah, for us. Definitely, 
definitely a strike against him in Gideon's book. This guy's a well-known business in town, and he tried to big boy Gideon. He's not going to forget For that. one round of drinks and taking him to a place with a sign out in front of it. Yep. Dwight's definitely dipping into the behind the bar when people aren't looking. Oh, my God, yes. Well, we'll we'll take that. We'll sounds like that. sleight of hand. <laughs> yeah, let's, right. well, yeah, let's. If you're gonna, what are you trying to grab from behind the bar? Whatever's closest. Like drink wise, I'm proficient in sleight of hand. I swear to God, it's our it's Arcana deception and sleight of hand. Sleight of hand is plus five. I need to save this. So why don't you roll uh, roll on the app? I am. Heyo. 17. All right. Ooh. Get it, Dwight. When I when when Theron sees what Dwight's doing, I slam my wine and like hold my glass out to him like, yeah, man, fill me up. Okay. Dwight just kind of looks at him like, dude, man, you're going on the spot. But Theron's right, oblivious. You managed to grab a bottle of Grape Blitz from yeah. behind the bar and it was already, it was sealed, but it had been opened before. So you had resealed it. Um. All right, we're, we're going to switch over to Gideon and Haskell. So you make your way across the marketplace, and very obviously is a large sign saying Hoyos. And then on the window to the place is scribes, letters, documents, and other notary means. Haskell sees Gideon visibly agitated whenever he sees how plainly broadcast Julio's business in. Our business is, rather, in the city. Yeah, as soon as Haskell sees the sign, they chuckle. Gideon goes in. And I'll follow suit. So you you enter, and it's a a wide-open room with... uh, the What's the word? I guess little podiums set up, and behind each podium is a scribe standing with quill and paper... There's there's five across the room and there's one right by the door with another scribe standing there with a with a a little board writing down notes. And he glances up at you as you enter and goes, "What can I do for you today?" One word says Gideon, Julio. He glances at you. Do you show him the parchment that you have? I think he just says one word. Yeah, one word. I, I told you what I did. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So you say one word, Julio. He glances at you, glances at Haskell, and without another word, turns and walks towards the back, and he goes down a hallway and opens up a door. I was going to say, did he gesture for us to follow? We're just standing in nope. the front while he does all this? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he, he kind of like gives you like a wait, one moment, gesture, and then just walks to the back, enters a room, comes back out a moment later, Steps up to you guys and says, he will be with you in a second. Haskell sees Gideon's face turn stormy when he first walks off without saying a word. And visibly take a couple of deep breaths. Gideon's used to getting what he demands. This is a new experience for him. He's going to have to relearn how to do all this. I see that. <laughs> so you guys are standing in the front. This The guy who greeted you is now just standing, making more notes on his board. You can see off to one side, there's a scribe writing down a letter for a human who's like, he's transcribing what the human is saying. And off to another side, you see someone writing numbers down constantly. And then 
the door in the back opens and a old grizzled man starts to kind of hobble his way towards you. He's small and very thin, probably barely five feet tall. He glances at you guys over spectacles as he he slowly makes his way up to the front of the store. And he goes, "Uh, yes, yes, uh, you were asking for me? I'll show this person the parchment. He sees that the seal was broken, raises an eyebrow, and then he takes the parchment from you and opens it up. He, you see him glance at what is written, let me and then it. he focuses on the he focuses on the sigils at the bottom, grunts for a second, and looks at you, Gideon, and goes, "Is uh, is Brax here? I don't know where Brax is, but you came with him. That's correct. Okay, okay, all right." Come with me. And he, he hobbles his way to the back of the store again. Am I the only person who was hoping that Julio was an owl person and that it was named H-O-O Leo? Maybe it's just me. Alright, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just you, bud. But now that you say it, God, this is something I, I would want to. I follow. Gideon Haskell follow Julio. He very slowly makes his way back to the office. You kind of take a step and then have to stand there for a minute as he shuffles his way further back. He enters through the door and hobbles his way around a large desk and sits down and then glances over at you over his spectacles and then looks down at the parchment that you had given him and he starts to write notes down, absently gesturing for you to take a seat in front of the desk. Does he say, who might you be? He does not. I sit down. Well, if he was an owl person, his name would have been Julio. They do exist in D&D. I do just want to, to step in and point that out. That they owlin do. is a race. But anyway. No one said it wasn't. There are also deer races and Let's turtles. Let's not get into that. Uh, as we also terrifyingly earned, or learned. Alright. Julio writes down a few notes and it, it looks like he's deciphering the sigils at the bottom of this parchment and then Chuckles a little bit to himself and goes, "Ah, oh, you're here, and you're here for," and then just trails off. And then he looks up and goes, "So Brax, whoops, I started slipping into the wrong voice. So uh, <laughs> Brax uh, sent you here instead of coming himself. Oh, that makes sense. He and I don't see eye to eye all the time. <clears throat> so so uh, you're here." For a bounty, it looks like. And he glances at you again and goes, Ah, you don't seem like a, a bounty hunter to me. He sniffles. Let's call this my Act 3. That's what retired people call their post-retirement jobs. That was a weird flex. There's a Grace and Frankie flex. Like I said. He chuckles at the Act 3. He goes, Ah, oh, yes, this is, uh, this is my post-Act 3 for me. This is... Oh, the end of my life. Ah, dies and drifts off a little bit. He kind of, he's he's looking at you, Haskell, just kind of staring at you for a second. Not intently, just like he's like zoned out. And then he shakes himself. What is your demeanor during this, this meeting, Haskell? Still confused, but just kind of listening. Doesn't have much to say on the subject. Yeah, pretty much just kind of there for the ride. So... Julio finally looks at you, Gideon, and goes, Okay, so your target <laughs> is has run away. He is no longer in this city. It's, of course. 
It's a good thing you came here before hunting him in his home, because that could have turned out bad for you. He's fled to the north, to God knows where. Can you tell us more about the target himself? Well, he he was the grand general of this town. Bander Tarber. Yeah. Is that Bander? Yeah, B-A-N-D-E-R-E-R-D-E-R. Gotcha. He caught wind that maybe he wasn't as safe here as he should have been and fled with a good number of his house guards. Uh, if you're looking to track him, you, you should head uh, north, I think. It's not because I particularly just trust him. Uh, I do want to roll insight. Okay. Yeah, roll insight. It's a 10. Uh, as far as Gideon can tell, he is on the level. Everything he is saying is true. He's just a little slow about it. So he said he fled north, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, he uh, he took a good number of guards. You may want to be careful following him, but, well, good luck on your hunt. Uh, give Brax my regards. Yes, I'll, I'll certainly do that, but, um, do you know why there's a bounty on Bander? Obviously, the Commonwealth doesn't want him to lead this city. I don't uh, want the Commonwealth's perspective on things. I want yours. That's why I asked you. Uh, I think you're gonna need to make a persuasion roll for this. Or intimidation. Yeah, I'm fine with intimidation. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's the same modifier for both. That's pointless. Yeah, it matters, though. <laughs> it matters. You got proficiency in either or, though. It would be more intimidation than persuasion. And that's also a 10. That's rough. Yeah, that's plus five. That's rough, bud. Um, again. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. Uh, Everybody else said it. He, he he glances at you slightly amused and goes, well, I don't know, and smiles like a knowing smile. And then he starts to shuffle through some papers and he he flicks his wrist like like signaling you to leave. Gideon glances at Haskell. That was just me getting a read on, 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 on how you're feeling. <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel like I can't really do much here. Um, I'm gonna say I can try to intimidate, but I don't think I have this enough. This is another element. Uh, yeah, I say- I, I, that that wasn't me asking you to try to get more out of him. I, I guess I was. Oh. Just, I, I guess I was just wanting to know how you felt about <laughs> about the whole situation. <laughs> I wasn't even necessarily asking for a role. Just how is, um, how is Hus- yeah? How is Haskell feeling about this interaction between Gideon? Yeah, you basically just saw me try to flex on somebody and fail. And <laughs> fail. I, yeah. I am you very saw, curious. You saw a <laughs> military forty-year-old who is well built, who and obviously very used to getting what he wants. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who, who yeah. has command? Try to flex on a five-foot withered elderly man, and the withered elderly man just kind of shrugged it off like it was a light breeze. Yeah. So Haskell's gonna try not to laugh <laughs> or like chuckle and just kind of like shrug towards and maybe Gideon. thinking, "God, should have stayed back with the fun people." Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Gideon responds with a nod, <laughs> and they, they, I get up and leave. Gideon gets up and leaves. All right. Um, 
Theron and Dwight, you guys have been sitting in this bar for 15, 20 minutes, pocketing drinks. The bartender hasn't caught you yet, but he's starting to look a little bit suspicious when he goes to reach for a bottle, and it's not there anymore. I'm across the other side of the room. He doesn't he, know. Yeah, he doesn't see you guys anymore. Like, you're not close by. Uh, at, what are you two doing to fill the time right now? Well, as soon as Dwight, like, filled my glass, I, I don't know, I pictured us sitting down and, like, Gideon was on my left, who he never sat down, but he walked up to my left, and then Haskell was to my right, and then Dwight was on the far side. Um, so that was kind of the order he walked up. Yeah. So I definitely slid over into that empty chair, drank Haskell's wine, drank my wine. Ooh, uh, yeah, while, while I'm doing that, you know, I'm, like, looking over at uh, Dwight, and I go, oh, so apparently we're traveling with a couple of squares, yeah? I really thought the tiefling was going to be cool. It's disappointing. I said, well, you can't expect much out of people. I guess that's true. Didn't think that human would be the most fun one out of the group. No offense. Oh, he's just, at least he's entertaining. He's someone we have fun with. <laughs> I meant you. The, the other human is a, oh, yeah. a real stick in the mud. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Theron, why don't you make an insight check Okey right dokey. now? 23, baby. Uh... Something seems off about Dwight, and you're not quite sure what it is, but you you definitely notice that he... And this has been kind of building with time, that he doesn't refer to himself as human a lot. And even though he does look human, that there might be something going on behind his face that you're not quite sure about. It felt off when I called him human, Yeah, basically. Yeah, by the way, yeah. I responded right yeah, there, exactly. basically. Was, what that's weird response. Yeah. Yeah, you you have a very strong feeling that maybe Dwight is not who he says he is and is not what he appears to be at all. After that, Dwight speaks up and is looking around. He says, well, you want me to take these fuckers' money? Oh, my dear Dwight, more than anything, yes. Yeah, so we're going to take our bottle of wine and go find a table where people are gambling. Um, As, as we're walking around looking, I'm going to say, you prefer cards or dice? Dwight's totally would follow Theron and, and depend on Theron to spot a good sucker. Okay, then... For the record, Gideon is headed back towards the end. Then I want to look, yeah. look for a good sucker. I want to look for somebody whose money I can take easily. Alright, there's a... What looks to be a slightly friendly game of dice going on nearby. There's three people. They're, they seem to be in a pretty good mood. They're, they're betting coppers. And it's kind of, it's more like their coppers are just going back and forth between them right now. But they're, they're also a little bit drunk. And as you walk up to the table, they kind of smile and laugh and go, Oh, he's looking for a game? We're just having some casual fun. Um, well, I think before I walk up to this table, I want to look at Dwight and say, Come to the table in two minutes. And we'll walk away from him and sit down and go, Yeah, sure, let's have some fun and throw a gold piece down. We'll start small, yes? Sorry, is that too small? Their eyes go big and go... Tell me when to stop. Am I offending you? I throw it in another gold coin. One of them, like, takes a step back and raises his hand. Whoa, that's that's a lot. Yes? Uh, I definitely... Uh, nah. The, the other two look at it and go, Well, you know, we just got paid. We could... I think we can we can do this, and they both toss down matching gold coins. Portraits. There's nothing worse than that first day after. You oh, get come paid. back here! Don't be what we call a Gideon. Come sit down, my friend. You have the coin. I just gotta pretend I didn't hear that because I didn't hear that. 
the the third one shakes his head and walks over to the bar and like asks for a glass of water to help him sober up. At this point, um, walking up to the table and just like, you believe this guy trying to come in and throw his nuts around and drop those down to gold? And it's like it's all oh, fine. It's like it's all right. This guy one we we can we can take this guy's money. Oh hey, why don't the oh, how how do you want to do this? How are you guys are cheating, are going to obviously try I'm to cheat, I'm 100% cheating if I can get away with it, yes. How are you doing? Are you trying to let Theron win, Dwight? Or are you going to... Tr- Who's trying to win this? Because obviously you both can't win the game. I'm trying, I'm to, trying to win. Oh. <laughs> oh That's perfect. Yes. That is perfect. All right. Fight, I want fight. both of you to make... I'm going to make both of you roll sleight of hand checks. Okay, so I picture it. Okay, it's dice. So what I'm trying to do is I kind of have my left hand out on the table above me and I'm going to roll. And when the ones I roll bad, I'm going to move my left hand away so I can show everyone my dice and knock mm-hmm. the bad ones over as I move my hand without anyone noticing. Twilight okay. has it in both hands and throws them out. And like as he throws it out, he like uses his pinkies to like real quick, like curve back. And there's my roll. And it's sleight of hand? Yep. Yeah, sleight of hand. Ah! Suck it, son! Oh, Six man. plus eight! Suck 14. it, son! Dwight with a strong 21. Okay. Yeah, so, Theron, you are... You actually start to lose a little bit to Dwight and to one of the other guys. He, like, kind of chuckles a little bit. And then... But the money starts all flowing Dwight's way. And then at this point, Gideon and Haskell walk back into the inn. As soon as Dwight sees them coming in, Dwight will cash out. And be like, well, glad. It's like, well, glad, you know, glad to meet you guys. Uh, it's great hanging out with y'all, but uh, I, gotta, I gotta go. I also want to say, though, Theron is not upset he's losing. He's still acting like he's winning, basically, like having a good time and throwing coins out. When Dwight leaves, mm-hmm. Theron is going to keep playing if the table's ready to keep playing. How much gold have I lost? How much gold did I gain? Hmm. I mean, we played what for did ten. You start minutes. out by throwing two gold. Started out throwing three or four. Three or four. Yeah, I think it was four that you threw down because you originally did two, and then you said I did two, and then I threw one and one. Yep. Yeah, that sounds right to me. So I probably lost the chance. Um. Okay. Yeah, Theron, you lost sixteen gold pieces. I said a chunk. Which sixteen? And it's a pretty good chunk. Is it? And but Dwight, you gained thirty. For the normal person in this world, yes, I imagine that's probably a chunk. It's a very big chunk. I'm, okay, I'm saying, yeah, okay. I was gonna say that, that was more for the sake of clarity. Yeah, I no, yeah. I know, I know. Sixteen's a lot of gold. So yeah, Dwight, you got thirty, and sixteen lost by Theron. Um, I am still playing. So Gideon and Haskell, you guys, you guys enter the bar. And as you do, you kind of hear a, a a familiar hiss behind you, as Brack steps in behind you, and he lo- he eyeballs Theron playing dice as Dwight walks away from the table, and he shakes his head, and he looks at you, Gideon, and go, "Did you find Julio?" Dwight walks up and me like right at the same time and says, "Yeah, yeah, what'd you guys find?" Yes, yeah, so I suspect anybody who had traveled through this town for another five minutes would have found Julio, and I fixed the bartender with a stealing layer. Uh, I'd I, I like legit roll intimidation, actually, in this moment. Hey, yeah, how, do how it. close are they oh to me? God. Can I hear this? 
Uh, if you're if you're listening, well, yeah, you'd be listening. able to hear this. The bar's not and super loud. Twenty-one. <laughs> and while he's rolling, uh, I think Theron looks over his shoulder, still rolling dice, and goes, "Yeah, sounds like you should have just stayed here and had some fun." And Dwight looks at the bartender and says, "Oh, well, you know, I guess we should get more than what we paid for. I guess that's another round of drinks." The bartender goes white and flinches a little bit and sees Gideon affix him with this glare and quickly like pulls out a very nice looking bottle of wine and sets it on the, the bar and goes, ah, yeah, you guys, you guys paid for room and board tonight. Uh, it's awesome. what, is, what is a standard night's room and board? What, 10, 20 gold pieces? He like swallows <laughs> and kind of uh, looks a little, he looks down and he goes, it's, it's, at five silver a room. So it sounds like our room and board and Still, meals huh? and drinks are covered until we leave. Thank you, my good one. Dwight immediately grabs the ball he set out and looks at it and is like, hmm. And he's looking it over. He's trying to be like, hmm. Oh, I was going right. to say that I was going to grab that bottle, so I feel like... Why well, you both make dex, dex Okay. Wreck. Did he See say... See who grabs it did first. Did he say silver? Oh, son of a bitch. I asked the people at my table. <laughs> Well, clearly, someone got it before me. Okay. Yeah, Dwight grabs it right up. It's like, oh, this oh, is yikes. nice. Oh, this is a good, yeah, this is a good year. He immediately pops it and pours a glass. He pours Haskell a glass next, though. He better pour Gideon a glass, too, because I'm going to drink oh, this thank shit. thank you. He sees Gideon glazing, like, glazing at him after he pours Haskell. He's like, oh, he looks, pour, points the ball over to Gideon like it was the eyebrows raised. Like, you want Gideon here? Two two finger gesture as a like you know yeah sit it my way yeah exactly. Aaron's holding his wine glass over his shoulder, not looking, going. Dwight. Dwight pours. He does not give Gideon the bottle. Dwight, pours, Dwight is in control of the bottle. He pours Gideon his glass and picks over and he's staring and it was like Dwight. This could have been another glass for me. All right, and he gives Theron. I'll take I'll a beer too if you have it. He quickly grabs you a beer and then he looks at Brax. Uh, anything for you, my good lizard folk? person he kind of stammers and brax hisses he and brax looks at the four of you can and I, goes can oh. i roll perception whether or not i knew brax was here because i had no did you mention that he was I, here i'm so sorry i missed that he again. did yeah he did yeah. <laughs> yeah i said he came in right behind me <laughs> okay. 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 i think when he came in he's still rolling from that uh yeah. that that ego hit from before <laughs> yeah. i want to i want to cash out too and go grab Gideon by the shoulders, uh, you know, from behind when he orders that beer, uh, and be like, "Okay, oh, look who's finally lightening up!" Hey, from what I heard, it wasn't a huge waste of time for you to leave here, and you know, go investigate. I don't know exactly what you would have heard, but no, we we did learn yes, something from our trouble. Mm. Brax looks at the four. He goes, "So you found out where the." Uh... The target is? I can't get his voice down. Ugh. Gotta commit, Orion. Yeah. Y'all find so out where the target was? We found was? out where the target is. We found out a general area. Generals. Brax laughs at the use of the word general in this state. Is it because Gideon is the former general? It's more because the guy you're hunting is the gen- former Just general. Just generals all around. <laughs> Generals everywhere. Generals abound. Swimming in generals. <laughs> Generally, generals everywhere. Uh, Brax goes, so let's go. If you know where 
The target is, let's head out. Let's not sit around in this town. To be more clear. In... We don't exactly know Dwight looks at is like, right, right now? We're going right now. Like this moment? Like, he's looking at the bottle of wine that they still haven't yes. finished and it's like, right now? Dwight and Theron make I could I could go because... now, but Dwight's quite drunk. Don't speak. <laughs> I was going to ask at some point if uh, anyone was going to be doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Dwight so and Theron need to make constitution saving throws. Sorry. <laughs> row <laughs> Dwight is. You Last can tell he's quite drunk <laughs> at this point. Uh, so I wasn't lying. Theron is a little bit tipsy, but otherwise is pretty in control of himself. You would say he's probably been mostly tipsy this entire trip, anyways. Uh, <laughs> the state of yeah, Theron's at about normal from what y'all have seen of him. So Brax looks at you guys and goes, "Let's. We can't wait around. We need to go get this guy. No time to waste, as they say." Dwight sighs and just set the bottle, and it's basically Johnny Depp of sorts. And it's like, I gotta leave you behind. I'm sorry. And he sets the I don't see why we have to go right now. He took a force to the north. He's obviously planning on holding up for a while. We ought to have as many days as we need to prepare. He I, I picked up the bottle. knows we're headed his way, but he doesn't know we landed yet. The quicker we can get to him, the less time he'll have to prepare. If we give him the time to prepare, we may never get him. He's got a point. And I'm the one in charge of this motley. Who said you were in charge? Darren says something in Elvish under his breath. Dwight is being belligerent whenever he says that. Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight, Dwight's drunk. Dwight, you know you work for the same man <laughs> I do. <laughs> Nell has me in charge. So you answer to me. All right. So this is actually something I don't know. How exactly did Gideon come to work with Brax? You were sent by one of the First Order generals to hunt down this target, and he sent you through Nell Corkill, who is Brax's boss. He basically told you, Nell is sending a party, and I want you to go with them. So I didn't meet with Nell. Brax is the only individual from this organization that I've met. You would know of Nell because he's like the he's the go-to guy in the Commonwealth who you the the Commonwealth the Commonwealth sources out all their bounties to him almost specifically. He's the number one bounty hunting guild person in Kelstar. Anytime Gideon would have needed somebody hunted down, Gideon would have contacted Nell's services. So does Gideon listen to Brax or does he what what goes on now? So you got Brax is basically pushing on Dwight. He glances at Theron with a and bares his teeth a little bit. Stick my tongue out and then licks his. I don't think he has technical lips. I don't know. He might have lips. Licks his lips a little bit. Hey, Do I notice that interaction. Make a well, make a perception roll. Perception or insight. Can I look and see if Brax has any blood vials on his person? I almost had you roll for this earlier. Uh, make a perception <clears throat> roll. 
Uh, Giddy, you could roll inside, I guess. But my rolls have been so bad tonight. My best roll, I think, was twenty-one. Nice. All right, Theron, you don't spot anything on Brax, uh, other than his usual attire and great sword. Gideon, you spot this interaction between Brax and Theron like a hawk hunting a mouse. You are, you know, notice it right away. Haskell, what are you doing during all this? Haskell's just like sitting back enjoying the show. Pretty much, yeah. Still sipping on that wine, just kind of watching the what is it the uh pissing contest yeah basically <laughs> yeah basically what it seems like <laughs> i can get on board for that. <laughs> uh so did, did did you hear me ask um what he knows about our target and why we're hunting him okay brax looks at you i know he ruled this city for a good long time and i know he supposedly is corrupt now and that's why we've been sent to take care of him. How he knows we were coming for him is another matter indeed. Sounds like you don't run quite as tight a ship as you uh, pretend like you do there, Brass. Dwight rolls his eye and then just gets up off the bar stool and walks outside. Just mumbling under his breath. Brax gestures for you guys to follow him and follow drunk, drunken Dwight as he That's why Dwight's walking out like he's going to fucking start leading this house. Um, house when, he, when he gestures for everybody to leave, I want to set the, the glass and um, wine bottle I'm holding down on a random table and I want to grab Gideon by his elbow not pull back like the universal sign for hang on, don't go yet. I want to talk to you. Yeah, no, I, I, I stopped. Brax eyes you and then just shrugs and walks outside. I'm assuming Haskell follows yeah, Brax. I, I definitely side-eye the two of them, but I'll walk out. You can stay too, Square. Cross my arms and then come back. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, so the three of you are in this bar. Dwight and Brax are outside. What are you going to say? I'll maybe. say quickly. I think we're on a clock here. Yes, we're on Brax's clock. Who gives a fuck? Now listen. You, I point at Gideon, and say, uh, you seem to be all uppity and, and some sort of general or something. I'll follow orders and do what needs to be done. I enjoy having fun as much as the next man, but when there's work to be done, there's work to be done. Yes, yes, whatever. But this Brax that you've just thrown yourself in with, He's not what you think he is. You must keep an eye on him. I know what you think of me. Trust me. More than you know, I know what you think of me. And I don't care. I definitely laugh whenever he reiterates it. I, I chuckled the first time and I outright laugh when he says it. The yes, I expected as much. That's exactly what I would expect him to do. Now, he is not looking out for us. He has another agenda. He doesn't care what happens to us. We're pawns. Nothing more. He's a bounty hunter. He's here for the money. It's what it always is. Okay. And you? I look at uh, Haskell. I'm not sure yeah. why you're following this one around. I gesture to Gideon. But same message to you. Watch him. I know you don't trust me. I know I'm a screw-up. I've heard it all before. Whatever. But, mark my words. 
the second he thinks he has an advantage on us, he'll cut us out. He's the only person that's important to himself. He is. He will not look out for us. Only himself. Gideon is fixing Haskell with a stare while Theron is saying all this and is actually nodding along. Haskell's nodding too. As long as we're all on the same page, uh, I guess he's we- going to try to fuck us. But if we're all together, maybe we can stop it. I wave my hand to cut him okay. off and start marching outside. I look at Haskell when he starts marching outside and go, oh, he is really an ass. He seems a little tightly wound. Mm, that sounds like a nice way to say uptight. <laughs> I, I hate this. I'm, I'm in like 10 minute warning territory here, guys. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll we'll cut it off about here the the four of you well the five of you with brax make your way through the city he leads you keeping a close eye on all four of you reining you in as you wander off and takes you out a gate on the northwest side of the city and he starts just leading you guy he 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 takes you to a set uh, a stables on the outside of the gate Dwas says, do you even know where we're going? He went north. That's what I know. That's where we're going. So you don't know anything more than we do. Your errand that you ran earlier was entirely self-serving. Well, he's a big lizard. He knows all things. Doesn't he? It's none of your business what my errand was. As far as I was aware, we're here for the same business. We are. Big lizard. All the answers. Theron looks at Gideon and gives him a look like, what I tell you? What I tell you, Gideon he, looks at Theron with like a no shit look on his face. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Brax goes and hires uh, horses for the f- the five of you, and he hands them off to you. And sig- he, he like gestures to mount, and he gets on his horse and starts riding off north. Cool. Are these these things are free. Cool. You know or. He falters. He first tries to get on the saddle. And he's like, oh, uh. And he's like, I get it. And he jumps back home and he gets it the second time. So you guys head north for a while, Brax leading, and then he starts to slow down at a point and in front of you on the road, like we'll say right off of the road seems to be a small campsite. There's about a dozen they look to be mercenaries but above their heads they hold a flat there's a flag flapping that has the sigil of a wolf with blood dripping from its mouth and he signals the four of you to stop and kind of waves you off down the road a little bit away from these people and he goes that's the symbol of the grand general I didn't see him with them, but they're probably watching for us. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna cut this short, then I'd rather just end it before we get into yeah. this fight. Fine. I don't want to have to end really? it in the middle of a fight. To to um, if there is a fight before this interaction with these Dwight's drunk, he can't talk. Don't let him talk. <laughs> Theron will talk. Theron volunteers. Oh, Dwight's got plenty to say. <laughs> being drunk counts as being poisoned. Yeah, I can't believe we're uh, about to get out of combat with drunk Dwight. <laughs> well, as long as we got the time, why don't you guys decide in character how you're going to take care of this? Brax looks at you and goes, 
they would know which way he went. They might be watching the road for us. Though how they would know we're here is beyond me. Is it? Jump him, and we'll kidnap him and get information. Easy peasy. Ugh, so messy. What's your idea? I don't know. Do we have to run in and start killing people? Well, no one said we had to kill them. It's usually the easiest way. You would say that. Kill a few, capture one. I'm a little bit peckish. I wouldn't mind some fresh meat. And he grins at you, Theron. (laughs) And then Dwight says, well, you're the sneaky cat. And then he goes and boots Theron on the nose. Uh, I do not let him boot me on the nose. I would would definitely (laughs) lean away from that. Make a dex contest. Yeah, you definitely have disadvantage, Dwight. So, 17. What's you get, Theron? Freaking 13. Beautiful. You got a 17 with disadvantage. Beautiful. Golly. Yeah, he got a 21 in the first roll. Golly. Dwight gets his boops. Dwight gets his (laughs) boops. Uh, He he boops you in the nose, and you flinch back. Turn my head away after. Don't touch me. I'd like to sneak my arm. Sneak isn't the right term. I'd like to get through with as little bloodshed as possible, but with a party like ours, it's pretty hard to pass as anything other than what we are. Oh, no one said we had to kill him. We all have to go. Oh, perfect. We don't all have to go. I volunteer to stay behind. Dwight reaches in his coat pocket and has the bottle from the bar. He didn't leave it behind. He brought it with him. Alright, so this is a good stopping point. Uh... We'll try to get this going again, hopefully two weeks or so, depending on when you guys are available. All right. Uh, yeah, so I guess we're we're done for the night. You guys are on the road. You have a possible encounter of some sort in front of you, and then we'll continue the next chance we get to. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. I, I mean, had a blast. You didn't do terrible. For tonight's episode of Adventuring Dimwits and Hyperactive Dragons, our intro and outro music was provided by Parker, another player of ours. As always, our players are Carson, who plays Gideon, our paladin, Brett, who plays Theron, our rogue, Jackie, who plays Haskell, our better rogue, and Blake, who plays Dwight, our warlock. And I'm Orion, the DM. Catch you next time.